0: and giggles coming-of-age experiences stories and learnings to help you navigate life in your 20s
1: hi we're lena and sasha we're two friends who connected over our love of desserts and heart-to-heart conversations about what it means to
0: live fully We believe knowledge sharing is important in helping to expand our views of the world and we wanted to create a space where others can join us in our journey to become the best versions of ourselves.
1: Today's podcast, we are going to talk about relationships.
0: Yes, I know, again.
1: (laughs) This time it's going to be the relationship between two sexes. The relationship between men and women are oftentimes really complex. From females' perspective, men is a really hard animal to read. Here's a question, Lena. What do you think about the idea of um, women and men becoming friends? Do you think that's possible? Do you think that men and women can actually be platonic in their relationship?
0: You know, there is a whole movie about this. Have you ever met or have you ever watched Harry met meets Sally? Or no, um, sorry, I'm totally butchering the title. When <laughs> Harry met Sally... <laughs> um, I don't think so. It's a movie that questions whether or not uh, men and women can be friends. Harry and Sally start off as, I guess you would call them friends, they get into a quarrel though and they don't talk for a while and then their friendship resumes years later and they become really close to one another where they're talking on the phone constantly every night and before you know it, they're in love. So... Huh. I'm guessing the movie's take on this question is that friendship eventually leads to love between men and women. Mm -hmm. However, for me, I personally have many guy friends who I don't see myself in a romantic relationship with, but I really care about them as human beings. And I think that obviously there are millions of men out there I can't date all of them but I would love to have a <laughs> <This> relationship <Kalina. laughs> or friendship with those that I connect with
1: yeah what you're saying about friendship what eventually leads to love I think that's a bold statement for
0: me at least it, as well. hey I, I didn't say that I'm okay. saying the movie it seems like that's their take on it because Harry and Sally like end up hooking up at the end oh. and there's that
1: (laughs) yeah i think i
0: wouldn't say that
1: so some friendship definitely could lead to love but um i would flip it around and throw out the idea that most love actually come from friendship right because friendship is a relationship that really signifies that being compatible is really important and i think that's one really fundamental point about having a good relationship between men and women, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think friendship should be the foundation of all good relationships. At least for me, I feel like whether you take the next step to be romantic, I think fundamentally, you need to be compatible as friends, right? Yeah.
1: But I think the movie is very non-scientific. I want to Kind of bring us back into science, where men oftentimes have this much greater sex drive compared to women, and I think that that could be one of the reasons why it's hard for men to be friends with female sometimes, because maybe in the in the back of their head they're thinking about oh maybe this person is a potential, you know, mate for me, right? But with female it's more. It's less so because when we think about relationship, it's more about the connections, um, you know, the, the content we talk about, the conversations that we have, and we think less about physical, the physical aspect. And what this leads to is this uh, biology explanation. But I, that really brings up to this question of, do you think that men maybe cheat
0: more frequently than women because of their greater sex drive? Um, I'm not sure on the numbers for that. I think there is a um, or I do think that society perceives men to have more cases of infidelity than women. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the higher sex drive does support that as well as uh, from an evolutionary biology standpoint um, men have developed or men try to increase their chances of producing offspring by spreading their seed as far and wide as they can, mm-hmm. um, which means having sex with as many women um, to, to increase their chance of successfully passing on an offspring. I mean, times have changed. Um, I mean, these days, <laughs> I don't think, men are particularly keen on um, <laughs> really having as many babies as they can, to be, put it bluntly. But I think that the high sex drive is still there in a lot of men.
1: Yeah, definitely. I just want to elaborate on that point. I think it was a really interesting point that you brought up about evolution, uh, bio- evolutionary biology and the fact that men want to have as many offsprings as possible. I think it's not the case just for men, but also for women. In fact, every species on Earth, um, it's uh, the gene's objective actually is to have, um, you know, offsprings of themselves to kind of want to have the purpose of dominating uh, the gene pool. And... Um, I got all of this idea from uh, the book that I recently read called Selfish Gene. So yeah, the universal desire to try their best to ensure the longevity of their own genes uh, exist in their offsprings, this, actually, this desire actually exists in both male and female. And therefore, it is to both genders benefit to have as many babies as possible that have their genes. So naturally, since embryos are developed usually in the female body, it is then to the male species' incentive to start mating with other females. In other words, sex, for most male species, is an activity with a low cost and a high reward. The cost being the sperms, and the reward being the offsprings. Now, interestingly, in marine life, the phenomenon is actually the opposite. Since female eggs are bigger, they stick together, and consequently, females lay their eggs first, and then the males spread their sperms on them. Because otherwise, males risk their chance of getting their sperms being diffused in the ocean, causing low success breeding rate. So right after the female fish lay their eggs, and as the male fish is doing the spreading, females have a couple seconds to just leave, and therefore it is more common to see fish that have deaths than mums. Paternal care is more common than maternal care in this case, which I thought was oh, really interesting.
0: So, Finding Nemo is based on yeah real science.
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely, they definitely did. They probably did some researching to it, of course. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Disney has their scientists. <laughs> yeah. Um, that aside, I I think now that we explained the biology, the science behind the fact that maybe it's you know men had less to lose by just running away the concept of fidelity is a social construct
0: um can you elaborate on that i feel like i can see that society has certain conceptions about infidelity but i feel like there is a very clear line between if someone cheats and if they like if if your partner has sex with someone else when you both agree that you'd be monogamous I think that's a pretty clear defiance of that trust. So how... Go ahead. What I'm really saying is that
1: it's very cultural. It's what the society unanimously agrees to front upon a concept or to cheer for that concept. So it, Mm. it, it is really up to, you know, different culture, right? So what I'm really saying is in human history, the biology is universal. We all have urges like feeling hungry or wanting to go use the bathroom or feeling the need to want to have sex. Things like that are universal across different cultures. What's not universal across different cultures is the concept of fidelity, that we are only allowed to have one partner in the entire duration of your lifetime. Before Tibet was occupied by China, its culture is actually polygamous, where a lot of mothers wouldn't know their baby's biological father, father, and the status quo is actually polygamy rather than monogamy. Similarly, in Malaysia, um, which is predominantly Muslim, its traditional worldview is polygamy as well. The group of cattle herding traditionalists in Kenya is also polygamous, with men paying each wife in cows, which she can then use to feed their family or sell milk. So in our current society, we'd like to think that men and women are mostly monogamous. And as we can see in different other cultures, actually polygamy is actually uh, the status quo there. So this is what I mean by the societal construct. It varies culture by culture here. I think uh, as a species, we decide to be monogamous. And, you know, because historically, when you look at other animals, when you look at most of the mammals, at least, they are um, they live in a group. And usually the, the group has a leader, usually a male. And when you, when you think about monkeys, I'm mostly thinking about monkeys in my head right now. When you think about monkeys, it's the strongest man that, that controls the entire group. And then um, it mates with pretty much every female in the group. Because females have this objective to find the strongest male to mate with. Because they want their gene to be the strongest. So that they, um, their kids could have better chances of survival. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I think it, it's also an interesting concept that you know I was watching Planet Earth recently, and there was this bird called bird of paradise in the island of New Guinea, that does this elaborate dance to court female birds. For female, it has the chance of saying yes or no, right? Like it just it could just fly away, denying the bird a chance to mate with her. Um, so I think to some certain degree, it definitely carries over to the human society where as female human we are probably also looking for the same thing where um i mean of course right now they there are more social construct of like i want to find a soulmate but i think it's pretty much agreed upon by the entire society that for example there are certain standards like female prefer male who are fit or who are smart intelligent (laughs)
0: Well, I think men also hold women to certain standards as well, but I think overall we do see that women are more selective mm-hmm. um, in the process in terms of dating. So one of my guy friends, he said he um, he has Tinder installed on his phone, <laughs> and I was going through his um, Tinder profile and helping him um, with swiping right and left on different. Um, options, <laughs> <laughs> different women. Oh sure. uh, yeah, basically. So I was helping him swipe left and right um, on different women based on my own judgment, um, versus he. For him, he showed me how he uses Tinder, which is basically he swipes right for everybody and uh, <laughs> see which one he gets matched up to because he's um, leaving the selection process and filtering process through the women. Um, That's as a so female weird. And, <laughs> and he told me that, hey, look, this is how men use Tinder. They just swipe right most of the time and hope that... Um, they get a match with someone good Mm -hmm. but with my girlfriends I feel (laughs) like the percentage of right swipes to total swipes is much lower so for maybe every 10 candidates they'll swipe right once or twice yeah and and I think yeah how
1: representative it is uh that your friend is uh, what the mass majority of uh, the, the uh, guys out there are doing
0: <laughs> yeah I'm not sure I should ask my other guy friends but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised uh... <laughs> so if we're talking about like evolutionary biology, for women, even if we were to be more promiscuous and try to spread our genes by having intercourse with multiple men, at the end of the day, we can only get pregnant once and have for those nine months we're carrying that child. It's not like we can get pregnant multiple times throughout <laughs> I like, wish. those Just nine kidding. months. <laughs> um which i don't know for me is a good thing that's kind of scary if like babies keep getting added to oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> the process
1: yeah i but, wonder so here's an interesting thought experiment i wonder if uh, advances in technology or science would be able to let us do that and i wonder if that would change the entire mate selection process in human
0: hmm i feel like Honestly, like, I feel that would scare a lot of women off from wanting to have babies ever. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know about you, but the idea of having like, I don't know, any more than tw- twins or I mean, even having twins is scary to me because it's like popping out one baby is hard enough. I don't know how I'm going to pop out two and I don't know how I'm going to pop out five or ten. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll get there when you get there. Um. <laughs> so, so let's talk about why mate selection is such an important process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for women, being able to pick the right mate is really important because they need someone who will be there to provide for them and their offspring. Mm-hmm. And so... See, that's I think that's a little bit tricky
1: because when you say picking a mate um because they need someone to provide for their offspring but you could argue either way like you know for some female they don't necessarily
0: need a mate
1: they can provide for their offspring themselves Mm -hmm. right
0: i think in this day and age yes but back in like the hunter-gatherer society that is not as much true because women um because men were the hunters, they mm-hmm. were the providers for the family. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. What do you, then what do you think about in the modern world? Why is mate selection so important?
0: So I think in the modern world, it's still nice to have help, right? That's true. Like, um, but you, you, as much as but, we would love to be super women and mm-hmm. do it all, it's still very taxing for a woman to raise a child by herself. But I think, could you potentially get that help from friends? I think to an extent, because everybody has their capacity in terms of resources. As much as your friends want to help you, they really can't invest or probably won't invest as much time and resources is ne- that is needed to raise a child.
1: Ah, So tying back into biology a little bit, because your child does not necessarily share the same gene with your friends it's uh, less of your friend's um, incentive to help out in mm-hmm. this case Yeah, I think that's why um, in current society family stays as a unit and uh, oftentimes if you get married uh, I think you would know that people who are married are less likely to hang out with their friends because they would spend more time family time so I actually think that May selection is very important because I think your partner is actually really the one that spends your rest of your life with, as opposed to any other sort of relationship
0: with other people. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the thing is, I think it would be wonderful if we could end up with our partners um, forever and ever and have that fairy tale ending. But oftentimes with the divorce rate being so high in modern times um what do you think about this in conjunction to having a partner that is there for life like what are your thoughts on the current divorce rate
1: yeah this is this is a hard topic because nobody really i mean at least of the people that i know nobody really wants a divorce it's definitely a very heartbreaking experience that's Mm -hmm. why I think there are there might be early signs that you can watch watch out for in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the common signs would be just kind of noticing little things. Um, for example, if you're having quarrels, quir- then um, you know just step out of your current situation and look at the problem um, from a bigger picture. Um, there's this term I recently read somewhere. It's called uh, subject-object shift. And what mm-hmm. that means is that when we're engaged in everyday activity, we are the subject and we're kind of always looking at the thing that's like in front of us, like human are very reactive, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the concept of object, subject, shift. shift, it, What it is is really ability to kind of shift yourself being the subject to object and look at the situation holistically, and see, you know, analyze, is this relationship going to work out? Is this quarrel just a quarrel about everyday life, or is it a manifestation of the fundamental disagreements between your core values, between how you see the world? So I think that's the biggest thing. being observant of your relationship and know how to know when and how to say no? Um, I think it's very important.
0: -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, communication or good communication is the foundation for a healthy relationship.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if you've been in a relationship with somebody for a long time, right? And when you find out that maybe that, that little core that you had is kind of a manifestation of this bigger problem, then I think having a conversation is very important rather than just like say no right then, right? You kind of want to give it a chance, um, especially if you really feel um, the love towards the other person um, and then work it out. I think as human, we should always strive to be as authentic and as open as possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do think that sometimes small issues can actually have bigger underlying implications. For instance, if someone always likes to dictate where to eat in a relationship, maybe it's a sign of some underlying control issues. So it's Mm -hmm. important to discuss the situation in a way that's allowing the other person or the person being placed into question, allowing them to feel like they, that you're trying to understand them better. You're trying to get to know them at a deeper level and see how you can help them and how you can help your relationship versus just um, being dismissive of them or picking yeah, out their flaws. I
1: think if a person is telling the other person where to eat always, then I think it's much more um, than just a control problem. It could also be that the person just does not respect the other person as much. Mm-hmm. As he or she should. And I think, you know, the whole idea of being communicative, being open, is to be able to see the other person as another individual and be empathetic of who they are and where they are. And um, mm-hmm. what I like to think about it is that um, when you're in a relationship, your two planets kind of, you know, circling each other um you have this like gravitational force attractiveness uh towards each other and um um, but each of the planet is still an individual you want to contain you know you want to contain yourself and treat the other person the way you would treat anyone with respect
0: yeah i definitely agree i think that being in a romantic relationship it's important to be able to Grow together as a couple, but also continue to um, develop yourself individually and be respectful of your partner's development as well and res- be respectful of their needs as a human being. It's easy to just uh, become very dependent on them mm-hmm. to fulfill all your needs, but understand that they have their needs that they need fulfilled as well. So,
1: Lena, for you personally, what what is the... Um one quality that you're looking for in your relationship?
0: Oh, that's hard. I feel like there are a lot of things that make a great relationship, but for me, I think... hmm, I think compassion is really important. I think not only for romantic relationships, but for all relationships to really try to understand each other and... um, I think that's where the sense of support comes in and makes a strong relationship.
1: Mm-hmm. For me, I think a relationship um, should be a relationship that encourages each other's growth as a person. Mm-hmm. And it should never be a drag on your life. It should always be a add-on, be a supplement to your life that make you a greater person
0: That's yeah what I, I agree I feel like a relationship should enrich your life mm-hmm. alright so um, all science aside I would like to talk about my personal experience um, in terms of being friends with guys um, I feel like I've met a lot of really um, interesting and awesome dudes and <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Many times I've ran into issues with trying to pursue a friendship with them, so I feel a lot of times um, by showing interest in them, I think that guys tend to misread that and think that the interest goes beyond friendship and that I'm looking for something more. Um, so a lot of times what happens is we spend a lot of time together. I really enjoy their company. and the next thing I know, they're confessing their love to me <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not really sure what to do at that moment. I tell them that, hey, I, well, essentially, um, they feel like I'm putting them in the friend zone where as I don't necessarily see that as a negative thing, but it seems like a lot of guys think being put into the friend zone is, <laughs> like, the worst possible outcome. Anyways, um, going going from where we
1: were, ta- what we were talking about earlier, um, I think good love really comes from being friends first. So if you're a guy, don't be upset at that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because m- maybe eventually you will get out of the friend zone and that something can develop from that friendship. But even... If not, I think there's value in being friends still. Because when you think about it, it, I feel like if you value someone so much that you want to get into a romantic relationship with them, that means you enjoy certain characteristics they have, right? Like you, you admire that they're an artist, or you think that they have really great values. So even though you can't be a romantic partner to them, don't you value them enough as a human being to want them in your lives, even as a, just a friend? I'm going to be that guy for a second. Okay. No. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah. I just want to say to that guy, if you're listening, <laughs> keep at it. You know, who knows? Maybe it'll turn into love someday.
0: <laughs> okay, but but if not like isn't it still worthwhile sasha to like have a friendship that's not romantic or sexual with someone whose character you, you enjoy like i mean that's why we're friends and that's why guys have their guy friends it's because they find value in this other person who you know is supportive and is fun to be around like why why would you let go of a relationship Just because you, it's not, it doesn't turn sexual or romantic.
1: And that's the thing. I think with modern technology, the definition of relationship is kind of blurry. Like if you're just friends with somebody on Facebook, would you call that a relationship? Like would you call that friendship? Um, When you say let go of the relationship, does that mean, does that just mean hanging out less? Or does that mean that you don't talk to each other anymore? I think Mm -hmm. it's a big distinction there.
0: So could you clarify what you mean? Yeah. Like, why would you distance yourself and not want to hang out with someone anymore? Because they don't want to have a romantic relationship with you. But even though... Well, okay. So after saying this out loud, like, yeah, I can understand why it'd be difficult for someone to hang out around someone they have feelings for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I feel like if you really love that person for who they are, wouldn't you want them in your life, in your life regardless?
1: Yeah, you would want them in your life by being
0: Facebook friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> so just checking up on them from afar. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. Yeah. I. 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 I know where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but. Like like you said, it's pretty hard. I mean, as a woman I've faced the same thing before where I feel that strong emotion towards this one specific guy and he ended up not wanting to have anything to do with me. And every time I hang out with him, I just feel really hurt of that rejection. And I say it now, but I think guys probably handle rejection much worse than women. And when it comes down to our incentives for course of action, it's almost always almost emotional. I mean, I've been really into rational thoughts lately. So I think I would give kudos who, for whoever who's able
0: to think rationally on this matter. Matters of the heart are always tricky and in I feel like, as much as we try to ration out like how we feel about certain things, it's often not clear cut.
1: Yeah, one recent experience that I had was: is it was not only just hanging out with that person hurt me; it was even like hearing about that person's friend make me hurt. I feel, <laughs> I feel that's kind of silly sometimes, but yeah, it, it emotionally it is pretty tough. it's a it's a tough hill to overcome Mm, you you, kind of need time and distance to soothe the recovery process
0: Mm -hmm. so i guess what is it that makes it so difficult not to be romantically involved and like doesn't being around them as a friend help to or doesn't that isn't that better than nothing? Is it really better just to distance yourself from them entirely?
1: I mean, when it when you come down to it, everyone is busy. They only have we we all have um, limited resources, and our time is zero summed And so, by spending less time with the person that you feel sad at every time you think about them. You are potentially dedicating more time to things that you really care about, and I think it's a logical thing for people to do um, to invest more in themselves when that situation happens, rather than investing too much into a thing that you know potentially emotionally hurt you and also probably doesn't lead to anything.
0: Okay, I see. So yeah, I guess it makes sense in the in that idea that. It's probably better for the, uh, the individual to pivot and look for someone who will reciprocate their feelings. Yeah. Um, I think
1: from, from your story, what, what is really interesting to me was that, I mean, the same story kind of happened to me as well, where um, you know, all of a sudden, uh, like he would confess and then and I'd be feeling really bad of thinking that I probably did something leading him on. So what happened to me was that next time when I detect for the slightest little possibility that the guy is interested in me, I would distance myself away from him because I don't want to lead him on. I think I think I'm not sure how common it is among girls, but I think that kind of inhibits me building stronger relationships being stronger friends with other men. And Mm -hmm. I think um, that's my takeaway from what you just shared.
0: Yeah, because for me, even though, I mean, obviously I, maybe I'm just really naive about the whole situation still, but I do, I don't really see them as, Or I don't, for me, I don't make that clear distinction between men and women friends. I see them as a friend, as a a human being. So when I'm approaching a relationship with a guy or girl, it's the same. If I find them an interesting person, I want to get to know them better. But I think what has, um, what I've realized, though, is that to sustain a relationship with a male friend, you really do have to um, or at least for me, I found it helpful to approach it as I would with a female relationship in terms of being able to show my investment in the relationship as well. So I think um, a lot of females, when they get attention from um, their male counterpart, they feel flattered. And when the guy moves on um it doesn't treat the woman the same anymore they feel like something's missing and they're surprised at this change in behavior which I mean I've been through as well but I've also come to realize that if the guy is giving um all this time and attention to you that's not if it's not reciprocated as well and that goes for romantic and platonic relationships if you if you're just letting him do everything for you then that's not really friendship either so if he's giving you rides um, after work or after school what are you doing as a friend to him like you shouldn't be shocked if he stops doing that one day yeah yeah because then it's It wasn't really friendship to begin with. It was just him taking
1: advantage of his
0: affection towards you. And I I think that's
1: not nice. That going back to what we were talking about, that's not respecting each other at all. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, the fundamental core value is being respectful of each other's time and emotion. Mm -hmm. So I think if I were the girl and the guy distanced himself away from me, as a way out of respectfulness, I wouldn't be mad or angry at him, you know, because that's what he decided to do. And I respect his emotion. If he's having a hard time, you know, hanging out with me, you know, fine. Um, You know, as time passes, hopefully we get to still be friends. And, um, you know, hopefully he would forget about the part that, I turned down him or, like, didn't want to proceed with uh, what he was, um, what he wanted. Mm-hmm. So I think just this respect, this respect between people, it's not just about, it's not just a relationship between two sexes, it's also, like,
0: respect between just two human. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. I think... I think that's one approach. I think another approach is being able to reciprocate their kind actions as a friend, right? So, or... Um, I think that's tricky, that there
1: is a very fine line. Uh, mm. There is a really undefined line there. So how how do you identify, uh, you know, I'm just kind of projecting here, that the guy's action um, as... An action out of true friendship, or would it be like an
0: action with an incentive?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of hard. So to So I feel distinguish.
0: like it may start off as an action with an incentive, right? Like for instance, let's say they offer to give you a ride home every day from work. If you if you need that ride home, then like then I think it's fine to accept it, but then repay that yeah. favor in other ways, right? Yeah. To um, If they ever need help on anything else, you offer that same time and attention to help them through their tough times. Um, Or if you don't really need that...
1: Mm -hmm. Go ahead. What I would do... um, It's also something that I haven't thought through, but um, I would be considering doing is that I would tell them, hey, like, if you're interested in me, um, this is not where I think that this should go. You know, kind of be clear about the intention there. Just clarify, be open and authentic mm-hmm. about who you are and what you want. Mm-hmm. And if he's okay with it, then, you know, you can. You, so by doing this, you actually also eliminate him getting embarrassed, right? Mm-hmm. So he would have the chance of saying, oh, no, no problem. We're just friends. You're a good friend with me. And I really like hanging out with you. And that's mm-hmm. fine. And you don't cause him to get embarrassed, and I think that's important to yeah. maintain the men's man-
0: ego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I def- yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that, like I was mentioning earlier, um, if he does you a favor, try to reciprocate that as a friend, right? Like, he gives you a ride one time when your car breaks down. You should be equally willing to give him a ride when his car breaks down. Um, so it's a very supportive relationship as friends where i feel like if even if he doesn't have any romantic feelings for you anymore one day he will still see the value in having you as a companion Mm -hmm.
1: and i think yeah so here's a pro tip um at least for me i think the pro tip for guys courting girls is that i would really kind of wait for the girl to drop a very obvious hint before I take an action of, like, confessing. Because I would draw pretty obvious hints. Like, I would just, like, walk up to that. Well, it also depends on the girl. I think, like, for me, I'm more... Um, You're more forward, right? I'm more forward. I take initiatives in doing things. Um, and is it fair to say that that's where, in a modern world, at least where females are heading towards? female well, attending to be more forward?
0: Um, yeah, I can see that. But I think in general I think it's okay for or maybe even beneficial for both parties to be transparent with each other. Oh, that's true. You, like you don't have to play this game of like flirting and I'm not sure if it's flirting is it just like talks conversations yeah or like trying to be like this nice person so that they will like you yeah, like I think really... that if you want to do something nice for the other person great but if you're just doing something nice in with certain expectations then I feel like that can often lead to disappointment see, see what you're saying be authentic and try to be transparent I mean I don't think Yes, you are in a more vulnerable situation when you confess your feelings to someone, but I think it's better to have the discussion and see where you both stand than Mm -hmm. to make assumptions and then end up being hurt at the end because things, the reality didn't line up with what you had going on in your mind. Like,
1: yeah, just um, be open and be communicative and honest with both yourself and in your partner or your friends. Um, and I think that's, when it comes down to it, that's really the core virtue of every human, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we
0: ended on a good note here. Um, oh, I'm actually really curious to see if anybody has had um, any what everyone else's thoughts are on whether men and women can be friends and if you had a successful story of um, <laughs> friendship between you and your male friend I'd love to hear about it <laughs> this
1: concludes today's podcast feel free to email us at podcast.shitsandgiggles at gmail.com to share your insights with us on this topic that we discussed and uh, let us know if you would like to discuss any other future topics. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.